Hey, it's Andrew, and I wanted to thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Did you know that you can subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast on Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or wherever you get your podcasts to have new episodes delivered to your feed twice a week on Wednesday and Friday? All you have to do is pick up your phone, navigate to your podcast app, and search for Door County or Door County Pulse podcast and click subscribe. If you're a longtime listener or if this is your first episode, we hope you enjoy the Door County Pulse podcast. Hello and welcome to One on One, a Door County Pulse interview series. I'm Andrew Clyden and I'm joined today by Brian Kelsey, Managing Director at Peninsula Players. How's it going, Brian? It's going well today. Thank you. Good. Thank you so much for coming in. Uh, we want to talk today about the upcoming 2020 season at Peninsula Players and some other stuff that's going on this year. Uh, you guys announced a couple months ago, right? At the end of... In November is when we've been trying to, you know, historically, um, prior to about four years ago, we would announce in March um, just because of how the schedule worked. And we've been working uh, over the past four or five years to try to get this solidified much earlier. And so we've been announcing in October and November, which makes my job a whole lot easier. Right. <laughs> and we're going to jump in. You've got five shows coming up for the, the main 2020 season. Uh, but before we do, I just wanted to kind of give like a very basic overview of how you guys kind of select shows and that kind of stuff. What, what year are you guys on for seasons at this point? This is our 85th season. So... Putting the shows together, you know, we it, it's really a difficult job, and it's one that I know that gives a lot of gray hairs to Greg. Greg Vinkler, our artistic director, is the one who puts the season together. He right. certainly doesn't do it in a vacuum. He is speaking to other actors. He's talking to company members. He is constantly out seeing shows in Chicago. He goes to New York each year to see what's on stage and what might be up and coming and interesting to our audiences. Selecting shows for Door County audiences is especially tricky as you're trying to balance um, the artistic integrity of an organization, but you also understand that you're, you're living and working in a tourism economy. Therefore, a lot of people, when they come to Door County, they, they don't necessarily want to turn their brains off. They would like to be on brain light. They want to relax a bit. So it makes it a little challenging when we're looking at some of the shows we want to put together and making sure that we're not being, uh, the subject matter is too dense. Right. Um, but you have to balance that with your subscribers who are paying to come and see five shows and the artistic merit of the organization itself. So putting those five shows together is really like putting together a puzzle with round pieces. Yeah. But you've got some opportunities with that too, right? You're doing five different types of shows. Peninsula Players doesn't just put on one type or genre of show every year. Absolutely. We really try to diversify the season, not just for the season subscribers who come to all five shows, but to also the public who come back. We know in Door County, people, they return pretty much at the same time. You know, it's like migrating birds yeah. that come at the same time each season. And so there's a lot of visitors to Door County. If they're coming once, they typically come at that same time each year. And what we don't want to do is have every time they come, they're stuck on the same genre. Right. Now, some years that it just simply falls that way based on how we need to build our season. We are an equity theater. We're a professional theater. We work under a course contract, which is the Council of Resident Stock Theater, which means we have to build a resident company. Building a resident company means we have to have a minimum of five actors on resident contracts, which means they're doing multiple shows in a row. Okay. 
in order to do that, we have to um, look at the various shows that we're selecting, how we're going to be able to carry these people through, and it, it affects a whole bunch of things. So sometimes we're not able to switch, switch the genre up. But this year, um, case in point, typically our musical has fallen in the third slot. Mm-hmm. It's either the third or the fifth. If it's a smaller jukebox musical, we'll run it in the autumn because we know it's a smaller company. It is a pit that is not huge, and we know it's going to sell enough tickets so that we're able to have that many people on board. But when you do these full-blown musicals like Ghost, like we did last year, it requires so many bodies backstage. It, you know, it, I think so many people think about just what they're seeing with their eyes straight ahead, not understanding that there's a lot more legwork going on beneath and behind. Right. So this year we shook things up a bit and wanted to put our musical in the second slot. And we know that in the second slot, we already have the July visitors here. And then the third slot, we've got July, August visitors here. And so when we build that season, we're kind of building around shows two and three. What are these two shows? We know mysteries sell. We know comedy sell. We know musicals sell. Dramas are a little more difficult to sell. Unless there's shows like Silent Sky, which I, I I still get stopped today. It was a two-week run, and people were like, oh, I wish that would have run longer. And yeah. my response is, I wish you would have come sooner. Right. Yeah, Silent Sky, I got the opportunity to see, well, I get to see all of the Peninsula Players yes, shows. Yes, you do, and we're uh, thrilled to have you there. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, but Silent Sky was another one that just kind of stuck with me. Every every year, there's one or two shows that like really impact me, and mm-hmm. that was definitely one of them. It was a really special show. It was the one that I had been waiting for for several years for us to be able to to produce and for it actually to fit into the season for the 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 genre, but also the actors and the subject matter. And I think last year it just simply all came together at such a perfect time. And, you know, we would love to think there are a million silent skies out there. They're not. And finding what resonates with the public is not always easy because what resonates with us is or you doesn't always resonate with another individual. And hence, as we talked about putting a season together and thinking about our general public, we have to think, okay. This is a vacation crowd or a crowd who is looking for something light, but we don't always want to give them comedy or farce or things like that where they're simply turning their brains off because that's not what theater is about. Theater is about engaging your audience, creating discussion, whether it's discussion before, it's discussion after. And it's okay if they don't like a show. As long as it it sparked a discussion within them, we know not every show is going to resonate with everyone. Right. But at the same time, too, uh, I feel like the crowds that come up to Door County, there is an element of being able to challenge them a little bit, too, which is always something that theater can do. Absolutely. You know, we've always put the more challenging show in the fourth slot, and we do that for a reason. The reason is we know Illinois has gone back to school. We already know our audience is going to have decreased. But what we do know is that the PMF crowd is now in town, the Peninsula Music Festival. And uh, it is such a wonderful group of people. And it's typically that group who is really looking for something a little more dense from us. And they will be getting something a little more dense again this year in their fourth slot with And Neither Have I Wings to Fly, which I'm really excited about. I read the script and um, felt really great about this show. Awesome. Well, you guys have done a lot of work to put this season together. Why don't we just jump in? Uh, We'll start from your first slot show. Uh, Why don't we just go through each one? Sure. Uh, We'll do the first two, then we'll take a little break and come back and hit the last three. Sure. Um, 
I'll just let you take it away. Uh, what's the first show that you guys have coming up and when can people see it? Sure. Uh, our first show, our opening of this season is on Tuesday, June 16th. And that opening night is for our advertisers and for our donors. And so Wednesday is, you know, Wednesday, June 17th is really the public opening. We do sell tickets to the public on that 16th, but there is a $10 upcharge because we've got food and whatnot going on. But we're opening this year with um, a comedy by Richard Dresser, and it's called Rounding Third, and it's been on Greg's list for a while. And um, at the surface, it seems simply just about, you know, a big league tale about Little League. It's two Little League coaches, and it's two fathers, and it is two very different coaching styles. And the audience is basically the team. And so, in a sense, they're breaking the fourth wall. And for those of you who don't know what the fourth wall is, if you're looking at a proscenium theater, proscenium theater is what we have at Peninsula Players. You and the audience are looking at, like you're at a movie theater, you're looking at the screen. Right. The fourth wall is back out at the audience. And so it's not very often where you'll see a play who breaks the fourth wall and they're talking and bringing the audience into the play. And this one, it really, it does do that. And it's really looking at getting the team, which is the audience, to really understand the two different coaching styles of these two individuals. And one is really about winning and the other one is about the experience the kids are having. And okay. so it, it shifts around into the two individuals, um, the characters that they themselves are made up as and what, what guides them as coaches to do what they're doing, but also to behave in the way in which they are behaving. So I think that'll be a great way to start the season. Our first show always kind of sets the tone for the season. Right. Um, uh, certainly not a tone that carries it all the way through, but it just gives it that nice, okay, we're kicking off the season, and we typically don't like to kick off with something too heavy, and I think this will do really good. Do you have directors picked out for the shows yet? We do. I'm not at liberty to start announcing who our directors are. Very cool. Um, Greg will be directing a show um, this season. Um, and he will be acting in a show this season. Those are the two things that I can say right now is Great. we are still working as a professional theater. We have um, union contracts that we're going through and we're going through that process right now. And until I see the ink dried back coming at me, I don't talk about them. <laughs> right. Well, I'm always looking forward to, to see who's directing each year. I feel like I, I get kind of a, a feeling for each director's style. Mm -hmm. So not only do you have these different genres every year, but you see these returning directors and, and people on stage as well. But you see these returning directors and you get this feel for, you know, this this show is going to be like this. Again. Exactly. That's exciting. And I think that's when Greg is looking at who he's going to cast, excuse me, who he's going to hire in the directing position. I mean, it's such a huge role. Greg is the artistic director is simply doing the work of hiring these individuals. And then he's keeping an eye on the production and he'll give feedback to the directors. But it is really who you hire to direct a show that's really going to guide. I mean, you come from right. theater. It's really going to guide where the show goes. I can say that Patrick New will be directing the first show and the last show. Patrick has been an actor with us for years mm. uh, on and off. The last show he directed with us was Almost Made. So I'll be happy to have Patrick directing in that role. Another director who I will mention is Elizabeth Margolis, who did um, Ms. Holmes. She did The Bridges of Madison County, and she did Silent Sky. Right. And that is a director who I think Door County, I mean, all of our directors are incredible. For me, Elizabeth's work speaks so personally to me because she's not simply a director. She's a movement coach as well. And so everything that's going on within a production that Elizabeth directs is intentional. Yeah. Absolutely every moment on that stage is choreographed. 
And it's not as if the audience totally understands that, but it is such a unique style of directing. I find it fascinating. I find it moving and I find it truly captivating and it really pulls me in. And I think it's that emotion that she brings in that really, really makes some of those shows like Silent Sky speak to people. Yeah. And I I think what you just touched on too, if you saw Silent Sky, you would know that the the set was very minimal for it. It was it was just a couple of tables and some chairs and then a lighting grid behind. But the the you never felt like you were missing a set. You always knew exactly where you were uh, based on the body language and the blocking that that was on stage. And and that's I feel like that's part of it. So it's interesting now to know that she's also, you know, a movement coach. Absolutely. I think what's most important that people understand is As humans, our minds are the most important things. Good storytelling needs no set. So if you've got a really good story, your mind is gonna is gonna create that set right in front of you. That's why I love listening to books. I love reading books as well, but I love listening to books because I am building that in my head. And it's the same with plays. You know, look at American Players Theater, who focuses everything on storytelling because they have very minimal um, set pieces with which to work. So. Cool. Uh, what's coming up next? Something next is Something Rotten. And I, I say that with intent because the show is called Something Rotten. It is an absolutely hilarious musical. And it is features two brothers, and it's uh, Nick and Nigel Bottom. And they are playwrights. And this is set during Shakespearean time. And these two playwrights are doing everything they can to write the best plays. And they think that Shakespeare is just a pompous you-know-what. Right. They can't stand him. And so they're looking at what they could write that could be better. And so they enlist the help of a soothsayer who tells them that the next biggest thing that's coming is a musical. And they have no idea what a musical is. Right. And so they are set down a path to create a musical. But the soothsayer doesn't give them all the right information because the soothsayer tells them that Shakespeare's next big play is going to be called Omelet versus Hamlet. And they go about writing a musical about omelets. This is going to be a large production for us. It's got 18 uh, actors in it. We will have probably the largest pit we've had. This will be tap dancing. This will be uh, some of the great songs in the show steal from other musicals, like huge montages of, of from other musicals. But this is going to be everything that our audiences love in a musical. It's song. It's dance. It's absolutely hilarious. And if for some reason you don't like Shakespeare, you're really going to enjoy some of the songs like God, I Hate Shakespeare. Right. Yeah. Something Rotten is a really cool show and pretty contemporary, too. It came out within the last 10 years. Less than that. Yeah. And uh, I, I listened to it on a road trip over the summer for the first time. And it it really is one of those like theater people shows. It really where is. If if you love theater, there's so much fan service in this production. Mm-hmm. And and even if you if you don't, like if you're a casual theater goer, the way that they they twist and turn things in this, even if you're not getting all the in jokes, you're still getting an incredibly entertaining production, regardless. Absolutely. You you need to know nothing about theater. Those of you who do know about theater or work in theater are gonna get some of the inside jokes, but it, it detracts none from the actual story. I think our audience is going to be in tears laughing. It's irreverent. For the most part, I think it's fine for kids 12 and up. Mm. I, I just, you know, with what's on television these days, 
and Netflix, I, I, I would say eight and up. Sure. I think just, I think bringing the families and just seeing this, but seeing the tap dancing and just all the great things that are going to happen in this show, I, I couldn't be happier because we go through periods to where there's so many great musicals out there. There's a lot of older musicals that people are like, ah, do that show, do this one, but they don't understand the sheer size of them. And at the players, we have to house everyone, feed everyone, and we've got limited space. So really stretching is 18. When we did Chicago, that was 18. That was a huge musical for us. This is the same size. And we had to talk the director down from 21 actors to 18. And we agreed, okay, we're going to make this work with 18 people. We're going to make this investment. And I think the community is going to have possibly the best time of their life. And that one runs July 8th through July 26th. Great. Looking forward to it. Uh, Brian, why don't we take a break? And then when we come back, we've got three more shows to go through. But then there's also some events that are going on right now that you want to talk about as well. So we'll hit those when we come back. Sounds great. They call themselves the Stradivarius Builders of Sturgeon Bay because the guys at Palmer Johnson were artists in wood and metalwork, anything you imagine. They did it so beautifully well. The first fishermen came down the lake from Mackinac Island who worked their way along the north shore of Lake Michigan. And they came because of the whitefish. The whitefish were abundant. In 1945, 2,000 German prisoners of war came to Door County and picked cherries for just one harvest season. Peninsula Filmworks is dedicated to telling the stories of Door County, past, present, and future. To learn more about the history of shipbuilding in Sturgeon Bay, to see how the cherry became a Door County icon, or to watch the peninsula's last remaining fishermen brave the waters to haul in thousands of pounds of whitefish daily, and the many other incredible stories produced with the Door County Visitor Bureau, visit doorcounty.com slash ourdoorcounty. Okay, we are back. So, Brian, we're on to show number three for the season. Show number three. Everybody loves a mystery. And some of my favorite mysteries are Frank Knott. And he is a wonderful playwright. Wait Until Dark and some of the other great shows. But everybody loves Agatha Christie. Right. And there are a lot of Agatha Christie plays out there. But, you know, we've done quite a few of them. But... Ironically, in this season, this was not the Agatha Christie we were going to do, but the Milwaukee Rep Theater um, had put a block on Murder on the Orient Express, yeah, the new that, Ken Ludwig version that we had worked on the rights with. And they've just announced we knew they were doing it because when we got blocked for the rights for it, they they just didn't want any competition. Yeah, that's something interesting that I don't know if, if a lot of people know is that when bigger theaters uh, get shows – they can prevent smaller theaters from doing them. Like uh, in college, we were going to do My Fair Lady, and then the Guthrie put it on the same season, so we had to change at the last minute. Right. And that was my first experience being like, oh, wait, so if a theater in the area is doing it, nobody else can do it? We've been able to do that with other theaters as well, though. So it's something that theaters do, because if you're going to take the risk and produce something, you want to make sure that not down the road it's going to happen. You know, for us, Milwaukee is still three hours away, but in speaking with Chad Bauman, who's their managing director, We had a really great conversation about this, and so many of their individuals do come to Door County and they see our shows, and some of the feedback they received is, you know, we don't want to come straight from Door County and see things that um, are going on in Door County, and then they're happening in Milwaukee. Dad season tickets is going to be as part of their season, and so they were a little concerned that there was going to be two shows coming straight out of Door County. 
going into their season. But it was actually a blessing for us because what it did was it brought Greg back to the drawing board. And Samuel French is one of the royalty houses who I negotiate with to get the rights to the shows. And they had said, hey, listen, the Christie Vault just opened and there are some shows coming out that have not been available for a long time. And the show we're doing is called The Unexpected Guest. And I don't think anyone's going to know what it is. And the best thing about it is, you know, if you've seen enough Agatha Christie's, at some point in time, you're, you're watching the show and you're putting the pieces together. Right. And she's, she's a brilliant mastermind at being able to flip things on you. When Greg put this script down, he had said he had been twisted so many different ways up to the very end. He still, he put the script down and burst out laughing because he's like, I can't believe she got me because she got me so many different ways. And so that is taking place from July 29th through August 16th. So as we were talking about how we put our season together, we know that our two biggest shows need to take place within July and August. That This is simply right. the, the reality of tourism. So Agatha Christie... We normally we would have had our musical in the third slot. The only person who can compete with a musical is Agatha Christie. Sure. And so we we flip things up this year, both for our audiences, but uh, for our production schedule as well. We wanted to get the biggest, most challenging show out of the way a little earlier in our season before exhaustion sets in a little more as we get into the third show of our season. Right. But I'm really excited for this show. I think people are going to um, respond to it exceptionally well because Murder on the Orient Express, everybody, for the most part, knows the story. Yeah. This one, no clue. And this one is fantastic. Right. It's always nice when you can pull a big name like Agatha Christie, but then tell a story that not everybody knows right off the bat. So that's exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Uh, Fourth show. Fourth show, you know, fourth show, as I say, is always where we're going to put something that might be a little more challenging. There's some years where we'll put something funny in, depending on just how the season works. Um, but this is from a Chicago playwright, and it has not been produced a great deal. And this play is called And Neither Have I Wings to Fly. And it is set in Ireland, and it's in the 50s, and it is about two sisters, two very different sisters, whose mother has just passed away. One of the sisters is very aloof. She, ironically, is dating an actor. She's not having a real serious go at things. She's engaged, but is she really engaged? What is going on with her? While well, her other sister is so determined to go to university and to better herself. She's been accepted. She's doing everything she can to hide her acceptance letter from her father because she knows her duty is to her father and to make sure he's okay now that the mother has passed. Well, the mother reappears. She has passed. She comes as a ghost okay. back into the story and starts engaging only with her daughter and helping guide her. Uh, I loved it. The show is funny. The show is going to make you angry at some of the people at times. But at the end, uh, it just it made my heart swell. It made me very happy. And I said, OK, this is a show that's really going to reach out and touch people. And so I, I got on the phone with Greg right away and just had said, I had read it on my way back on a trip from Dallas. And I said, Greg, this play is great. I'm really looking forward to this. I think this is perfect for the season, which made him really happy as well because he, you know, having not had many people read the script. So I'm really thrilled. And the other thing is, is it's running for three weeks. So. Okay. It's not going to be a two-week run. And how that works for us, um, because it really confuses people sometimes, only in Door County do you look at Fall Festival and count back 18 weeks, right? Sure. 
tourism. So for the Peninsula players, we look at where Fall Festival is. That is our drop-dead close date for the season. We will never move that date, and we count back 18 weeks. That is our set season because okay. our actors, our technicians, our production team are so – they're missing work in Chicago the deeper we go into our season. So as you count backwards, you hit this magical date called Labor Day. And either from Fall Festival to Labor Day, you've had seven weeks or you've had six weeks. Okay. If you hit it six weeks, that means we have a 12-week summer. Four shows, three weeks. If you hit seven weeks like we did last year, you have 11-week summer. You have four shows, three running three weeks, one running two weeks. So this show, and Neither Have I Wings to Fly by Ann Noble, um, is going to take place from August 19th, and it'll run through September 6th since Labor Day falls late this year. Right. How many people in this cast? In this one, there are five. Cool. I really like the the more intimate shows with the smaller cast. They give you a really great opportunity. Six. <laughs> I'm sitting here counting on my fingers going through the characters. There are six. <laughs> yeah. They they give you a great opportunity to just kind of like really immerse yourself in that in that human drama, which is is something that I always look for. Um so the, these smaller cast shows are something that that excite me each year. Uh, and then we've got one more show at the end of the season. Your fifth show is it is called The Gentleman Thief. And um, we're going to talk in a little bit about our winter play reading series called The Play's The Thing. And this play was read last season, uh, last winter, as part of our winter play reading series. Okay. And the audience absolutely loved the show. What was difficult for us is because you had this narrator character who's who's simply in the room when we do the play readings to read the things that the directions, the stage directions, things like that, that yeah. you'll never see on stage. And so that character was such a huge part of the show. We were like, ooh, how are you going to do this? The other difficulty with this show and why we do some of the play readings we do in the winter is because they're challenging for us. We may not be able to produce them on our stage because they're very cinematic. When playwrights – playwrights are changing right now because of projections. Projections have come into the theater which have made scenic pieces – uh, in some sense, irrelevant because you can change your scenery simply with a projection. Right. And you can make anything happen. And you can make absolutely anything happen. And so with a theater like The Players, where we don't work with projections. We weren't built to work with projections. Have we used them? Yes. Will we continue to experiment and push that direction as the industry goes that way? Absolutely. But we looked at this play. And I know that was one of Greg's concerns about all the various locations. I can tell you that Jim Moronic, local uh, scenic designer who was a scenic designer in Chicago for years and has designed for us is designing the show. He's very excited because it's cinematic, but it takes place in many different areas. The Gentleman Thief is very funny. It's set in New York. It's in England at a manor. And it is really about international crime, <laughs> trying to figure out if a thief stole something. Did they not steal something? But the best part of it is, is it's it's very funny and it's absolutely very endearing as well. And we couldn't be more excited. In 2009, we did the play Around the World in 80 Days, and that was written by Mark Brown. This is Mark Brown's most current play, and we're doing the world premiere of it. So Mark Brown himself oh, will be cool. coming to Door County and will be sitting in on the whole process as we take his new work and birth it. Out. And that is something that Greg has really been looking at as well over the past several years. If you look at our season, we've put a world premiere in there every year. And those world premieres go on to have lives all over the place. If we right. look back to 2014 when we did The Ten Woman, 
Ten Woman was written by Sean Grennan. It had a life as a play, but right now, due to Joel Hatch, one of our company members who um, was in the production and has been in Annie on Broadway, he has been in a number of things. He was an original member of Come From Away when it started in Canada all the way to New York. He showed the the script to the writers and the, the, the people who wrote the book and the music to Come From Away, and they fell in love with it. And now The Ten Woman is becoming a musical, and this may very, oh, very well cool. have a Broadway life. And those are the pieces that we're so excited about because we gave them birth here at The Players. Right. And so each year we're, we, we put a new production on that we're hoping makes it out into the world, and it makes people laugh. It changes people's lives. It sparks conversation, and this is absolutely one of those. And I think people are, like I said, I think people are really going to have a good time, The Gentleman Thief. Um, for our fall show, sometimes we have a drama in there like we did when we did Salvage, a comedy. You know, it varies. This one is really a cross genre between a mystery and a comedy, and I think it's going to resonate so well with our fall audiences. I think they're just going to be able to come in and just relax and be entertained. Awesome. It sounds like you guys have a really stacked season coming up. Brian, thank you so much for coming in and telling me about the season. Before you go, you've got some stuff that's going on right now with the players, right? You have the Plays the Thing, which is your winter play reading festival. Uh, tell me a little bit about that and what else you have coming down the pipeline. Well, this is our 10th year doing the Plays the Thing, and it started out um, as part of uh, the Big Read Project when the Peninsula Players and Alan Kapischke, when he was with the players and applied for a grant through the Big Read, and it, it, it began out of that. So 10 years later... We've been doing three play readings um, the first Monday of February, March, and April. We do those play readings. Um, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Some of the plays were, and we're never going to be able to produce these plays because they're too big or they're too cinematic or they just may not fit in the season. But right. some of the plays, they're in the plays, the thing, so we can get feedback from the audience and try to figure out how do they feel about this? How is this resonating with an audience? And then... You know, at the end of some of them, Greg will say, hey, what did you think? Is this something you'd like to see on our stage? Um, so our first play um, is always part of now um, Door County Reads. And so we did Popcorn Falls, James Hinman's play last week to Standing Room Only at Bjork Linden. And many people ask us, will you be moving? And our, our answer is no, where we will stay committed to Bjork Linden to the Vale Hall. We just recommend you arrive by 6.15 and you are guaranteed a seat. Cool. But our next two play readings that are coming up is um, on March 2nd. That's Monday. And Joe Zettelmeyer, who wrote the play Salvage, which we did as a play reading a few years ago as part of the plays a thing. And then we produced two autumns ago, wrote a play called Haunted the Great Lakes Ghost Project. And he is a Michigander himself. And so he's gathered ghost stories um, across the Great Lakes. And that will be the play that we're going to be reading. And I'm really excited to see how that lands because uh, Joe's a great playwright and really gets Midwestern audiences really well. Yeah. The final one we're doing is by a Wisconsin native, uh, Michael Corcoran, and that is set on Monday, April 6th, and it's called Eternity. And you've got this individual, Abe, who is ultimately the angel of death. And he really is. And he's got to go out there and as people's time comes up, He's got to go out there and usher them to the afterlife. And if he's late, bad things happen. So I don't know if there was a TV series called Better Off Dead 
sure. years ago. I think it was on Showtime. That was absolutely fantastic. But it is about these people who are whose jobs are to go get the souls. And so this is really just um, about Abe. It's very funny. Um, so I think it's funny that our, our last two are dealing with ghosts and yeah. the Grim Reaper coming right. to coming to to find the souls that need to pass on. So. Great. Well, Brian, is there anything else that people need to know about potential players in 2020? Um, I would say yes. Yeah. Season tickets are available right now. If you look online at www.peninsulaplayers.com and you select the tickets tab, slide down, there's all the information for season subscriptions. You can order them online. You can do it straight through the portal or you can phone uh, 920-868-3287. You're going to be transferred up to Audra, whose winter office is in Superior, Wisconsin. She'll be happy to sell you a season package that gives you a 10% discount to all of the shows. Alternatively, March 1st is when individual tickets go on sale. So if you know of some dates that you're interested, we do take requests as of now, but tickets do not get processed until we get through all of our season subscribers. And uh, March 1st is a pretty busy day. So March 1st um, is when we'll turn our website on, and that's when you can start buying individual tickets for this season. Awesome. Brian, thank you so much for coming in and chatting with me. I'm looking forward to Peninsula Players in 2020. And... uh... I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Thanks. Thanks for your support. For more Door County news, interviews, and exclusive content, check us out at doorcountypulse.com or pick up this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse available every Friday. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast to get new episodes delivered straight to your device twice a week. Thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Door County Pulse.